How long have y'all been doing the show now? We'll hit 200 episodes this year. Holy shit. Yeah. Which is... It's a lot of conversations with people about barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that people still listen is the most amazing part. Like, we like they ever listen in the first place. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits, Season 4. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we're in Austin at one of our favorite places. We're here with... Tom Micklewaite. Micklewaite Craft Meats is celebrating 10 years in business. Actually, today, you guys won't hear this for a while, but we're celebrating today. Um, And we're going to kind of go over just... Tom's had a a long career in barbecue uh, and has seen pretty much the entire craft barbecue movement from start to where we are now, so... Yeah. Uh, and really helped launch part of that craft barbecue scene as well. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we, I mean, our other interview, of course, go listen to it. I think it's 64. Episode 64, yep. which is a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but. June 2018. So a lot has happened in, in barbecue and, and with Micklewaite over that time. We'll talk about what's being, you know, what's open here on Rosewood. Uh, but let's let's start like the early days of, of Micklewaite Craft Meats and building the trailer and you know, how did this start to be, you know, your, your passion and what you got into? Oh boy. Uh, like the very beginning, like the, like how I started cooking barbecue or where the, we'll go, we'll go with barbecue. We did talk about the the restaurant background. So I got, started getting into barbecue when I was probably 20, 21. I had a Weber grill that it, I can't remember like what, like what the impetus was to like cook a brisket on a Weber grill. Cause at the time I was, you know, I think it was given to me as a gift that wasn't a grill guy that liked barbecue. And so it kind of seemed like it made sense. Like, well, why can't you cook a brisket on a Weber grill? And then you do, and it's terrible. And then you figure <laughs> out. This is why you can't yeah. do it. So. <laughs> but then you know, with that, it's like, oh, well, I could make it better next time. And there's that, that kind of element of experimentation and just kind of learning a new thing and kind of playing with it. And, you know, that's kind of, I think a lot of people get started if you're not like, in barbecue restaurants to begin with if you're just like a home barbecue guy that's how i think most people just kind of start out tinkering and if you're like somebody who likes to do i guess i'm a tinkerer you know like to you know rebuild scooters whatever just like figure out how things work and kind of the mechanics of it so i guess it was same idea but applied to, to a brisket you know like figuring out what the different elements were that controlled like how the brisket tasted and looked and all those things and you do it you know and back then, I mean, brisket, eighty nine ninety nine cents a pound, sometimes. Yeah, so I was also 20, 21, so I was very poor. And, like, <laughs> that was, you know, also, you know, you could go to HEB or Fiesta and get a brisket for, like, $10, like a whole brisket. I was like, this is great. So I yeah. do it on Sunday. Like, I get a brisket and, you know, it's beer and hang out with friends. And we just, you know. You can make multiple meals out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah eat it all week. It was great. What was kind of the, the, as you were cooking brisket, what was kind of like the aha moment when, when the light flashed and you realized that you could turn this into a good product? I don't know. I mean, it was a lot of encouragement from friends, I think, that would come over. And I was kind of, I guess, more bashful about it. I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's fun to do on the weekends. I don't know if I want to do this all the time sort of thing. And then after a while, you know, it, I think the like, you know, it kind of, I guess it kind developed kind of the real me. life social aspect as opposed to online today, but right. But that, that the, gathering and community and friends and 
Yeah. yeah. I think you it was know, kind of a more organic time in barbecue because, yeah, there wasn't a thousand videos you could watch and stuff like oh, that. Oh, no. Like, yeah. if, you were, if you were doing it, like, if you didn't work somewhere, like, cooking barbecue, which you could, and, you know, if you're at home, you're just kind of figuring it out. Like, you know, I, I think the one thing that I got that was really, like, kind of turned me more into barbecue is, like, something higher level than just cooking a brisket at home was the Legends of Texas Barbecue Cookbook, the Rob Walsh. Rob Walsh's mm-hmm. book, yeah. And that was when that came out, like, in the probably like 2000 or so early 2000s that's when i was like man there's like this other like cool history element this like deeper like cultural element to it um that's like statewide you know the whole like kind of getting an understanding of what like barbecue is beyond like what's on your plate yeah I, I think i think robert sierra has a recipe for like coca-cola ribs in that book like there's so <laughs> oh, really yeah like oh, I, wow. I looked at that book not too long i have that book and i've had it forever the, but the yeah. recipe that stands out to me the most i can't remember who did it, it was somebody in like taylor it was like a competition chicken recipe you used craft italian dressing that was just like <laughs> secret marinade it's like you gotta use craft italian dressing i, I, I was, I was just like, talking to somebody so vile, but it's probably recently. really good yeah and, and and my mom used that a lot on different dishes and i remember I was just asking somebody else. Oh, Jim. We are asking yeah, Jim Buchanan Because yeah. John Miller once mentioned Italian dressing on his ribs. Uh-huh. And, and you never know if he's pulling your leg or not. It, but, but it was a thing back it then. It makes sense. If you put, like, a little bit of tomato in an Italian dressing, it would be not far off from Texas barbecue. You have, like, hmm. the sweet and sour balance is, you know, pretty close. And, and more of a yeah. marinade like, as opposed to a glaze. That. That's maybe, probably, yeah. like, yeah. you know, pretty close to, <laughs> to what, like, a good barbecue... Ketchup and black pepper and Italian dressing. <laughs> we go and try that one. We're, we're starting <laughs> a whole new trend in season four, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the secret's out. Good lord! And so, as you know, as you start learning brisket and learning, you know, the do's and don'ts and things like that. You know, once you start getting into launching the trailer and building the trailer and building it out, and we we talked about this a little bit in the previous episode. Was was making your own sausage something you were always going to do, or how well, did yeah, that I did it at home? Like that was like. I can't remember, like, where, like, I think that might have been something that kind of came from the same cookbook, where I was like, oh, make, like, there's, like, recipes for sausage, there are, like, stories about it, and, you know, my, my, you know, memories growing up were going to, like, Inman's in Lano, like, we'd always stop there and get the turkey sausage, that was kind of a thing for me, that's where I think I was really, like, the emphasis on having good bread, because they're a bakery, it's a, yeah, it's a barbecue and bakery it was always part here. of our thing, was going to, like, Cooper's, we go to Inman's and get sausage and get bread, we go to my grandparents' house and have, like, a meal from both. So I would, I think because of that, and I always just thought like making sausage was like a funny, cool, fun thing to do. And like listen to old Czech music. They used to have the Czech melody <laughs> show on co-op radio here. that would be like seven in the morning on Sunday. So I'd get up and like start my brisket and make sausage and listen to the Czech melody show. And, you know, so it was like a fun element to it. Like just making the whole thing. Like, and you've done a lot of sausage with, with, with other meats like lamb and, and mm-hmm. other dishes as opposed to just going kind of straight what is now considered traditional. But, I mean, maybe lamb was more traditional in the past anyway. Um, what, kind of, what kind of meats do you enjoy making with sausage? I mean, what, what types of interesting, uh, you know, not, well, not anything super crazy, mm-hmm. no noodles in sausage, no macaroni noodles. You know, I'm not a fan of like, and this has been a trend in barbecue world for a, a few years now is, Taking an existing dish, we'll say like, oh, look at this. Sorry, can't see this. There's a, a cake coming in that looks just like the trailer. Oh, that uh, is awesome. Hey, man. <laughs> so that, that is awesome. Oh, that is so uh, cool. Little birthday cake. <laughs> um, like the idea of taking like a pepperoni pizza and making it into a sausage. Then you wind up with like, it's not really good pepperoni pizza or good sausage. It's a sausage that tastes kind of like a pepperoni pizza. 
that idea of like mishmashing things versus like uh, I think sausage has its own sort of integrity that it, you know there's so many kinds of sausage like you don't need to like marry one idea into another to be creative yeah. three meat plate there's and casing a lot of ingredients out there <laughs> and a lot of ideas that you know you can put in a casing without going to the McDonald's menu or Pizza <laughs> Hut and figuring out like, oh, I'd make that into a sausage. And a, we're, big, a Big Mac sausage. And we're 100% I'm guilty of that too. So, uh, yes, so. We, we've done it at times. It, it, we'll it's call fun. ourselves out on Yeah, it's it. fun, but a lot of times we'll do it and we're like, exactly to that point, we're like, this isn't a good sausage. Like just because right. you can doesn't mean you should always, but There's, you can, you you can know, have some good ones too. A good, ex- a good example of how that doesn't necessarily always work is if, you take birria and make it into a sausage. The whole component that makes that dish what it is is a stew. How is that a sausage that is that dish? Yeah. I don't know. Unless you're like really brave and you want to put a bunch of gelatin in there so when you cut into it, it liquid pours out. You're but, giving people ideas now, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> proprietary. I take it. <laughs> They're going to have people dipping uh, understand, like, that's, links into consomme now. Maybe that's like the kind of far extreme of like how that doesn't work to me. And it's like, it's not that thing anymore. Like what you've made is a sausage that has chili in it, which is just sausage. Yeah. Like, uh, you're other you're than just calling the, it something else. And other than the cookbook, what, what other influences did you have on sausage? I don't know. I mean, I, like, I had several cookbooks. And to me, that was kind of like, you know, if you think about like what barbecue was... 75 years ago versus 10 years ago like before like I guess like modern whatever you call like Texas barbecue like whatever it is now you know if you're looking at it before that when this didn't exist and then you're you know it was more like a sort of like a homestead sort of thing like hunters made sausage and you know yeah I mean sausage was made from the scraps you couldn't make dishes out of it was what was left over yeah it's it's leftovers it's like you know venison or you know there's all these components but it was like either a home thing or it was like deeply rooted in like you know cultures from like Germany and Czechoslovakia the people that that had been doing it for centuries kind of thing and it kind of which uh, not you know backtrack not that the only ones to make sausage and it's sausage has existed as long as pigs have had intestines, you know, <laughs> the idea of it. Uh, but the, there was like this sort of, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the sausage that was prevalent in central Texas because of the Czech German immigrants that, that yeah. migrated to this area. That was, I mean, in Texas, especially that's what you would see is your right. pretty ba- you know, three or four seasonings might go into it. You know, some of your old school, like mace and things like that might go in there and then, you know, fat and lean meat, you know, mixed together, and there you go. And that, yeah. was, that was pretty much it. And it's, you know, it's a good way to make meat more delicious. <laughs> Add things to it. <laughs> you know, it's... So, so for me, like, you know, looking at barbecue, and call it, like, the sort of before times, when all anybody cared about was, you know, Lockhart and Taylor and old school, that, you know, to do it at home, it was kind of like trying to tap into where that came from, I guess. And maybe... So maybe that's the interest in sausages, like the, you know. It's great because, you know, we interview a lot of people that, you know, are second and third generation kind of barbecue people that grew up with not just the Franklin book, but not even just the PBS videos, but now there's the masterclass videos and, yeah. and everybody's posting videos. But back then, it was it was an effort that you had to take. It was trial had, and error. Yeah, yeah, you had to go literally oh. to the library or buy books and 
and that that I just love that connection to the history of barbecue because it to me it you just get so rooted in it and it feels so authentic. Yeah. I hate to use that word. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. Before I had an offset cooker, which I went from the Weber grill to, I lived in a house in Central Austin that had had it, like there was an old shed there that left the concrete slab. So I made a direct heat cooker out of cinder blocks and stuff from Home Depot just to like try and make one at home out of whatever I could get sort of thing. So, <laughs> so I had built that and I would use it as either direct heat and I would also use it as like offset. Where Your I neighbors like either the, loved or hated you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the best you know, the best experience I had with it is I decided at one point to like get rid of an old Christmas tree by burning it inside of this <laughs> cinder block pit. Which I don't know if you've ever like set a dry like if this was in like March or April it had been like my backyard, it was I mean like twenty foot high flames it got so hot that it uh, turned all the cinder blocks into ash. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, no, it was like it was kind of scary. <laughs> but uh, so it was like kind of you know I guess part of the evolution of like you know going from well I got the Weber grill this is what's available but I don't like this so I want to kind of you know sometimes I was like well, how do you mimic like the big brick pits of like old school places like Cooper's and going to Smitty's where you have the experience of like walking in and there's yeah. the fire there so the best I came up with was like well let's get some cinder blocks and build a box and kind of make yeah. air you know air chambers and all yeah. that and, yeah we talked about it know. before like the airflow on those Smitty's pits is amazing to watch yeah like the draw on it's crazy yeah. just, like, I just stare at it and video it and it's like yeah. the, the smoke doesn't go in the room it's a completely yeah. open firebox and all the smoke gets pulled into the pit however talking shit I've been there so many times it's like how's your food undercooked this looks like so like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure these pork ribs are still raw <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, so, and, it, it, and I love Smitty's. We and love Smitty's too. Yeah. Back, but I've had some, you know. Well, and that, that's it's hit or miss. Yeah. We all know. We we all know what we're signing up for when we go into Smitty. Yeah. Yep. So A talking about old <laughs> school barbecue versus new school barbecue, um, you know, one of the big differences I think is how products are not just cooked but how they're held, and and to talk about places like Smitty's or even Louis Miller back in the day, you know, everybody there was a time of day when you wanted to go because the food had been cooked and held long enough as right. opposed to when they were open. Yeah, Cooper's yeah. probably the same exact Yeah, Like situation. straight off the fire, right. cut it, whether or not it's ready. Yeah. It's just and And that's, that was a huge yeah. change in quality. <laughs> yeah. um, did you, as far as holding techniques, I mean, how did you discover those? Or, or like at what point was that? That's like, a good question. Like how do you do that? Going, like when I first opened, like intuition is that like fresher is better, <laughs> which not always the case where like you know yeah, like the overnight the earliest, cook is a myth now yeah yeah i mean at the time i was doing overnight cook and i was like well rest like, get it off at this time and i'll rest i'll be ready at lunch blah 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 blah, blah but i don't want it to come off too early but it's better to get it at the point where you want it and then control the condition where it's held learn that the early on before like you know before the trailer before hot boxes before any of that was throwing it in an ice chest and leave it in there for about five hours sealed you know, Vince, take it the out. Vince O'Mare's method. It, yeah. It, yeah. it works great. Yeah. Like if you're at home and you got like an old igloo, just you know. But you have to have a lot yeah. of like it has to be full. Like and, it has to hold and the and make sure that it. there's a, a a towel on the bottom. So the first time I tried that trick, I just threw the brisket wrapped on the bottom and uh, I, and it melted the oh boy yeah it melted the bottom. Oh, of the oh on the first pop up we ever did. I know we've talked yeah. about this before, but whatever. People listen again. Uh, <laughs> We, we put every different meat in the same cooler, like where we'd put, you know, 
briskets fresh off the pit, uh-huh. putting ribs on top of them, and then the ribs the were butts on top of the, the butts ribs. on top of the ribs, and then yeah, we're pulling shit out all together. Like, oh yeah, we're we're overcooking ribs at this point. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing just pulling stuff. out bones by the end of the night. Yeah, I was, <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, we we learned that one the hard way. I mean, it, so other than so, you went from you know from coolers into eventually like the the warmers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that changed. I would imagine. I, I'll throw this out. I mean that that changed like. I'm not gonna say how easy it is to cook, but maybe how consistent the quality became from that point. Yeah, it it helps you like maintain consistency to have. I mean, once again, it's, it's like anything else, like controlled conditions, you know. So. Uh, yeah, and as you know, as you started technology, that's I mean that's kind of like proof one, boxes. one of the <laughs> modern barbecue like staples now is just mm. the the absolute demand for it to be the same every single day, every single time. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that. Take the humanity out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you didn't have it's all technology. Yeah, and to me, you honestly kind of take a little bit of the character out of barbecue yeah. when you do that too. You know, and that's that's one of the nice things about going to Lockhart and these old school places is you don't always know what you're going to get, which is you know kind of a good and a bad thing, but but it makes those magical experiences that more magical. You know, right. that, there's there's a time four or five years ago, Brian and I walked into Luling. At the, I knew you were going to say at, at the exact right yeah. time, and we had some of the best ribs we've ever had in our life. Oh wow! And we've been chasing it ever since. Where'd you go? Yeah, oh, the, uh, city market. Uh, this, uh, city market. This is a city but, market, and we've probably but, been ten times since, and yeah. it has not been. We've been chasing that dragon ever since because yeah, yeah. they were they were they were done perfectly Lucky right day. off the pit. Yeah. Yes, you know. the day before, and they let them ride. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, these are great. <laughs> no sauce. The membrane. The Remember membrane nice was crunchy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Bacon. Wow. Oh, they were just perfect. But just but perfect. yeah, we've we've but gone once, back once. countless times since, and and it has not come. close. So you guys are membrane on guys. Either way, but but. You know, I, again, I like that was to me. That was like I like it if the membrane has rustic, like a well, it, it has is. a crunch to it. If the membrane is just soft, yeah. it's in, you know. As you started getting more into into the barbecue menu and building out your menu, you know, one of the things that stood out about you know Micklewait when we came the first few times was was the attention to detail that went beyond just the staple three or four meats. Yeah, yeah. What what made Ooh. you do that before? darn near anyone else that we can think of was doing that in terms of sides, condiments, everything. I think just having the awareness that barbecue meanies lacked variety. <laughs> Some of that. Well, you know, I guess this is maybe a sort of a tangential conversation, but if you think about it as barbecue meanies lack variety, there's also the flip side of that coin is that places that don't, that try and do like plated dining, table service, it always falls on its face. Like anything, like anytime you, I've personally have gone somewhere like maybe take, for example, at the time Lambert's who, you know, kind of, you know, think like 15 years ago, they were still on the top 50 list and they were doing the, like it's barbecue, but it's downtown barbecue and you go and it's like, well, it's not the experience people want with barbecue. It's kind of missing the point, you know? So, but then there's like the, you know, the sort of like what's real barbecue in quotes is small town market style, that sort of thing. It's very adherent to this very like regimented, like you, you can have potato salad, you can have coleslaw, you can have beans and then four meats, which one of them is going to be poultry. Then the rest is brisket, sausage, ribs. Yep. So, you know, if you go to one side of the coin, it's not legit anymore. And it's not the experience you want. You go to the other side of the coin, it's like, well, it's lacking something. Yes, it's finding that middle. So what's the middle? It's like, well, you can have those sides, but just make them good. (laughs) 
You don't have to like reinvent the wheel. Just you know, make it's a it very novel a, concept. A rounder yeah, wheel. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting <laughs> because I mean, again, to say rooted in barbecue is the the you know the white grocery store bread and and right. eventually store bought pickles, but like the slabs of cheese. But you kind of brought that in with house-made pickles, house-made bread, and, of course, what has cheese in it? The grits. Oh, the um, grits, yeah. Yes, it's yes, like, yeah. I mean, you can make homemade bread for barbecue, but it doesn't have to be a baguette, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, homemade um, sourdough. It, it can just be really good homemade white bread, and that makes a big difference. It, and, and I hate to always hang on this because we talk about the bread. I mean, that was one of the great things. You were one of the pioneers of that. I mean, even the pickles. I mean, John Lewis uh, says he thinks he was the first for the red onions. With pickled onions. Pickled he was onions. the first of pickled onions that yeah. I know of. Yeah. I had homemade pickles before that. You did? Right. Yeah. And, the, and, and they, that's the they thing. They didn't yeah. always have pickled onions. Yeah. I remember when, well. I think it's when they started doing the sandwiches and stuff that yeah. the pickled onions came in. I think, mm. you know, I don't know if y'all remember when La Barbecue was actually L.A. Barbecue and they got a bunch of shit for being from <laughs> California. And they changed it to La Barbecue. <laughs> I think it was about three months in. They changed it from L.A. Barbecue for Leanne to La Barbecue. But that's, I, I didn't know that. That was cause, about because I used to call it LA Barbecue at the beginning. Yeah, and then, I think we all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like for the first like month at least, maybe a little while longer, it was Capital L, Capital A Barbecue. It was Leanne Barbecue, and that's I think her like you know fuck you to John. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this no, is no, Lee that was the Ann check. Yeah. That was the check that literally said fuck you, John Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, I remember that one? Oh, yeah. Who yes. could forget yes, that? Yes. Those are fun yeah. times. I mean, the, we're, we, we always get accused of being like the grumpy old men in barbecue. And, and Leanne and, and John made up and oh, yeah. were yeah, great yeah. friends towards the end. Yeah. But yeah. like those, those early days, the 2012 to 15, like the early days of the modern movement, like where everyone was kind of doing their own thing. You know, there were some similarities, but everyone kind of had their own character there, in their There were food. still some secrets. There were. You know, there were. Lowry's wasn't so popular, <laughs> at least publicly. At least publicly. But, yeah, and that's, that's kind of what we've seen the last few years. Um, it's just because of the wealth of information that's out there now, you, barbecue is starting to taste very much the same, you know, no it's matter. Like barbecue, again, it just looks different. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Wayne, Wayne Miller used the phrase, and I always give him credit, homogenization of barbecue. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, I think part of that is also, like, losing regionality where everybody's, 100%. like, you know, bringing in, like, elements of barbecue from like the southeast or other you know the sort of like you got to do everything mentality and you can't just be like most traditional texas barbecue right. and, and all of it's just kind of you know yeah i mean it's becoming homogenized um, but well, it, i mean it always i mean it's just the nature of barbecue is like yeah, it always it will be it's just that you know it's kind of like star belly sneeches it's like but it, but it was <laughs> Eventually, it was a, they're all going to want the star on their belly. Right. I mean, then, it was a localized thing, though, where you were the whole idea of Texas and beef versus right. you know, uh, versus Virginia and, and, and you know, the, the East Coast. But but definitely, I mean, I do appreciate places like, and, and I'll just name a couple or one or two, but like Desert Oak that's using a lot of the, the, the uh, and, and um, the New Mexico, El Paso influence yes, in their yes. barbecue. And Evie Mays as well. You know, they're yeah. using the green chilies. That you don't see so much right. everywhere else. I mean, I do like a little bit of yeah. that, like, and of course, you with your grits. I the, mean, that's the thing great. that makes good barbecue like special or good is regionality. I think, yeah. and that's sort of what's disappearing. And a lot of it's just like, I mean, it could be the influence of like social media and oh, you know, imagery, and yeah. 
seeing what people are responding to and trying to get you know people excited about yeah. your food and if you see that everybody's freaking out over like crispy skin pulled pork <laughs> you it know. is great by the way yeah i'm yeah, sure it's delicious yeah, but yeah. then it's you know then you know but do we need everyone everybody doing likes it. detroit right. pizza we yeah. don't need to have right. detroit pizza on the menu yeah. right and that's i mean and we had a conversation last year with robert moss from southern living uh-huh. um, about this as well and he's you know it kind of broke our hearts to hear him say it but he's saying that a lot of places in the carolinas that he's seeing are being almost pressured into putting brisket on the menu yeah yeah Be- for the exact same reasons because of social media you have people coming in thinking barbecue has to be served on a metal tray and it has to have brisket like this and fanned out like that. And, and these are places that are used to like $8 a pound price points that are forced to, number one, they don't know how to cook the protein. Number two, they can't make a profit off the protein. Right. So it's, it's killing a lot of these old school Carolina places. And it's It's like trying to remain relevant when, you know, yeah. But, but that regionality is great. I mean, there's, there's very little pleasures in barbecue life that we, experience more than going on a trip and experiencing regional barbecue yeah even if it's not our personal preference like kentucky with the, uh, yeah, burgoo, the mutton and the burgoo, burgoo and the mutton and everything yeah i mean it's oh, what's not that place i've been there the, um, is it moonlight moonlight, moonlight. and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we hit the those up yeah. our last trip yeah. i went there and i was it's different it but but different. i love but i love <laughs> the fact that it is different uh, like like it's not my yeah. favorite type of barbecue very uniquely yes. yeah yeah well it's yeah. the same reason why when we go to lockhart like i mean of course when we can we try to hit all three the big ones every time yeah. we go but if we're only going to get to one it's always going to be smitty's for us because that's still to me that's still the most pure because you get lockhart so many free experience. crackers and the, and the whole sleeve of crackers but that's all another story um but i mean kreitz now serves sauce they now have forks they now have pastrami pork belly burn ends. I don't need that at Kreitz. That's not what I'm going yeah. to Kreitz for, but they're doing it for a reason. You think, know? Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to, I guess, modernize or whatever. You know, it's well, because people are going to go ask, do you have pork belly burn ends? Because they've seen it on Instagram right. or TikTok, and they're going to go, no. They're tired of saying no. They're the only know. ones that participated in barbecue fest of the old school places in Lockhart. Like, didn't Blacks and uh, Smitty sit it out? I think so, yeah. Kreitz did like a no, thing. No, Blacks was there. It was Blacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to Barrett. Well, oh, you're thinking yeah. of Terry Blacks. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Original Blacks, if, if you will. Yeah, yeah, Terry yeah. Blacks, the original Blacks barbecue in Lockhart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're talking about the same place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't, yeah. don't let that confuse you. There's, there's many different names, but yeah. they all mean kind of the same thing. Oh, at one point, there was also Kent Blacks as a separate business, right, but they've kind of rolled that back in. Hey, Brian. Hey, Andrew. You want to talk about some pits? I love talking about pits. And not my armpits. No, no, no. Let's talk about some, uh, maybe some pellet grills. Maybe some direct heat pits. Maybe some Even, off- even offset smokers. Hey, how know? about some competition rigs? Where can you go to get all of those things in one place? I'll tell you, one of the best places to go is Pits and Smiths. Yeah, that's, that's where I'd recommend you go. I mean, it's... Again, guys, if you haven't heard about Pits and Spits, I, I can't imagine um, because they've been in the business for decades and decades producing quality product. The signature They've been sta- in the business longer than some of our listeners have been alive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the stainless steel top on their pits is kind of the iconic thing that you know a Pits and Spits pit when you see it. Um, but tell, tell the listeners a little bit about what they, what they can provide and what different type of pits you can get and, you know, kind of the, the great features that Pits and Spits provides. Sure. I mean, I mean, from legacy things like wood cookers, um, offset smokers, trailer rigs, competition rigs, to the, to the newer fangled stuff that, that's really popular right now, the pellet grills. Yeah, and, and with their pellet grill, and this is, as soon as Brian and I heard about this feature, 
we both kind of geeked out because we think it's absolutely a fantastic thing to to have as a feature for your pellet grill and that is you can put a meat probe which regulates the meat temperature you put it directly in the meat once it hits a certain temperature it's it switches to resting so it's not based on the temperature of the pit it's based on the temperature of the meat and it is, adjusts the temperature of the pit. Uh, yes, yes and you can adjust that temperature to where if you know when it hits 180 you want it to to go into rest mode or 190 or 160 whatever depending on what meat it is you're cooking that's an amazing feature to be able to do and and part of that is because their controller isn't just based on speed it's not a setting of one to four speeds that they most people will relabel that to heat just like artificial heat numbers right. it's actually driven by that meat probe and it keeps it at that temperature right and if you're more of the purists who you know i only want to offset cook they've, they've got you covered there too they've got all sizes of offset pits backyard pits trailer rigs anything you can want super customizable direct heat pitch which is you know brian and i's favorite thing to talk about these days um, they've got you covered on that as well so Check them out, guys. We have a great offer for you through Pits and Spits. Go to pitsandspits.com slash tails. That's pits with two T's, spits with two T's, dot com slash tails. And use promo code tails when you make your $500 or more purchase, and you're going to get a free spice pack with that. Absolutely. And buy, buy a quality grill that you can keep for years and years, maintain for years and years, pass down from generation to generation. Um, and again, some of these pellet grills that you see in the stores for a couple hundred dollars, they're not going to last. Um, go ahead and make the investment, buy the right equipment up front, and keep it and use it and learn it and pass it down. Absolutely. That's pitsandspits.com slash tails. Check them out. Um, since we're talking kind of about um, comedy here a little bit and, and quality of barbecue, I have to ask this question. Mm. In, in 10 years since you've started, what is the dumbest thing you've seen in barbecue? Ooh. <laughs> dumbest thing i've seen in barbecue let me like like food wise like it, it could be like, anything uh, except know, for tiktok we already know that's the dumbest thing <laughs> i gotta think about that one for a second uh can we flip it then and what's what's kind of the best thing in 10 years since you've opened that you've you've really seen in, in the barbecue scene hmm. what is the best thing i've seen these are tough questions. I don't know, ten years, a lot of stuff. Yeah. You've, seen, you've seen more than many. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Let me let me think about it sure. for a little while. Right. Yeah, we yeah. come back. Later we'll come back to it. Yeah. I'm sure something will pop in my head. I'm like, that was great. <laughs> or, okay. I remember, well, man, what's? I you know I, I don't think there's a singular thing. I think one thing that's kind of like you know if if I had to say that. Thing that bothers me the most in like barbecue world or whatever is that the, the, the sort of spread of wildfire like trends through like everyone like you know if one person does a taco really well then <laughs> 10 people will be doing it in a month yeah it's like so fast or, or yeah. if daniel vaughn writes an article on something yeah we just we just sit back and watch of like okay he wrote his burger article here come the burgers yes it, yes, yes it spreads so fast yeah. it's yeah. like it's a bunch Sweet of people ribs. sitting around like trying to think of something to do because it's not enough just to make good barbecue, you know, <laughs> like it, and that's kind of like the nature of it. It's like everybody wants to be like the next thing or being to be doing the next big thing. Well, and they, and it's they so try fast, so hard like to innovate. Kind of lacks integrity. Yeah, yeah, you they're, know, they're trying like, to innovate, but they're they're not thinking about it from the right perspective. Right, right. And they're just yeah. trying to innovate yeah. because yeah. step one, yeah. does it taste good? Yeah. <laughs> that 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 should be. And step two, step one a. 
can I make money off of it? Because yes, you are yes. a business at the end of the day. And there's so many people that, frankly, don't operate their barbecue business like a business. And they just want, oh, this is popular. Let me throw it on the menu. Even if no one's going to order it. Even if you can't make money off of it. But, hey, look at the clicks I got. Uh, oh, I, I thought of, like, my favorite thing in barbecue. I think 2M. Like, if you think about all the things, like, no individual dish, whatever. I really like 2M. They're really nice people, great food, and they're really good at not being trend followers. Like, they don't do that shit. 100% yeah. agree. And they do really cool regional food that matters a lot to them. And they're yeah. very, like, San Antonio. And, and yep. you know, it's... And it's honest. And, and I hate to say the word honest and authentic. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, they is. have, yeah. you know, and it's just unpretentious and just, like, they're just really good. Yeah. And, 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 and they should have made the top 10 this last... Yeah. yeah. Whatever. That's ours. <laughs> That's between us. But, yeah. They made so, our top 10. Yeah, they made <laughs> our top 10. So... <laughs> We won't go there. Yeah. We got enough trouble over that. All right, so we'll give you a couple a couple other questions regarding sure. the the ten years of Micklewaite. Right. What what's a dish that or an item that has left the Micklewaite menu that you miss? Or is there any dish that you miss? Uh, I think the sliced pork shoulder that we used to do for the first few years. I stopped doing that. It was really good. <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember why it. we stopped. I think it was kind of his volume picked up and that was always like you know, I first opened, I cut the, you know, the top muscle, the copper muscle, or whatever, off of the shoulder. I was like, this is too good to turn into pulled pork. <laughs> and I really like pork steaks. It was kind of like, you know, not not entirely like a pork steak you would find at, like, Snows or whatever, but it was the same idea, just like a pork cutlet or whatever. And it's a really good cut of meat. It's, like, the best part of the pig. I mean, I, I think smoked and, pork is, is way, way underrepresentative in, in Texas, but because, of course, the history of beef, but... It's, um, it's something I'd like to see on more menus. Yeah. Pork Ever, chops I'm seeing more often. Come it, was, it was kind of a harder sell because it wasn't familiar to people. Right. Yeah. And like everybody would just be like, uh, pulled pork because yeah. they knew what it was. So, you know, it was, it was one of those things that like I thought it was like one of the best things on our menu, but it wasn't the best seller. And it was kind of, a, you know, as we were adding things to the menu, it's one of those things that got dropped just because yeah. of that. But it, I thought it was, you know, if I was going to get pork, that's what I would get. Is, is, ribs. is there any albatross on the menu that it's just too popular for you to ever remove that you kind of wish you could take a break from? Yes. Potato salad, coleslaw, beans, grits. No. <laughs> Every side. No, there is like this sort of like, you know, like it sort of married to the sides in a way. Like it's like we could only have so much in the chiller and I wish we were able to do more of it. It's one of those things where it's like, my personal preference or whatever, like I would like to switch things up a lot, but then I think customers don't really like that. So there's, there's that thing. I feel like early on the menu yeah, we'll burn the place down if you by. stop doing grits. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> we made a lot of gallons of grits over the yeah. last ten years. I, you know, it's still my go-to is like beans and grits is a good breakfast. But yeah, just I just wish I would, we were able to change up some of that stuff more and you know, make room to offer different sides but then if you don't have it people show up like oh where's the blah 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 I'm like yeah so, you so know. what is the you're gonna have to pick one item it can be a side or a meat what is what do you think is the best product that you cook best that product serve, that you serve yeah. mm. it can be a side it can be a, a, a free thing it can be a meat it can be a sausage but it's a Ooh, good question. I don't know. Cause I mean, it's it's also one of those things where like my preference changes. Like I go through periods where I like 
I won't eat brisket for like months and months and months. <laughs> and then when I do, I'm like, all I want to eat is brisket. <laughs> we you never know? say that anymore. No, it's been we're a while. done with brisket. <laughs> my my personal go to all the time is always pork ribs because it's like, what's not to like? It's like bacon on a stick. No. You know, so have you have you seen the movie The Menu yet? I did. I, I okay, watched so, it a couple so, of weeks ago. So if Anya Taylor Joy says, "Chef, make me something," <laughs> what's your cheeseburger? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. If somebody said like, "What what would you eat today?" I would probably give them grits and beans with Fritos. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's my like you know. It's just it's deli- it's got crunchy texture, yep. deliciousness, cheesiness. It's starchy. It's you know. Yeah, it's got pretty much everything you're grits, looking for. Grits and beans with Fritos on it. Yeah. That's, yeah. There you go. That's the like, I guess, the sort of family meal or whatever. The trailer bites grits and beans. <laughs> so, so ten years in. Uh huh. What's what's kind of what do you see on the horizon for for you for Mickleway maybe even for Texas barbecue and for Saddle Up what you've built here yeah. which yeah. we need to get to. Oh, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Give us your five-year um, plan. Let's, let's talk about on the horizon for Texas barbecue because I think that we're in like a sort of flex point right now where things are about to change. I feel like over the last year, there's sort of like in talking to like you guys, like Daniel Vaughn brought this up, that the lack of regionality and the sort of like everybody trying to do everything sense of barbecue is sort of ruining a lot of things like that sort of barbecue culture. And that uh, I think there's going to be a, sort of a tendency to go back to like God, I'd love that traditionality so in a way, or like well, I don't know. I mean, it's like what stands out. Yeah. It's kind of like a reverse flow. Like you know, ten years ago, twelve years ago, the things that stood out was what's new. And when everything is new, it's like the star belly sneeches. Like now, everybody <laughs> wants to get rid of that star. Yeah. And it's and it's just kind of like you're looking for what makes things special, not what right. makes things better yeah. it's like what's and, special and not so much like farm to table local meats local but but crops you know they they are somewhat standardized these days but you know there's definitely different versions of of wheats and corn that grow in different parts well, of the state the, the things that excite you in barbecue now like again brian and i beat this drum to, to death but like as great as craft barbecue modern barbecue whatever you want to call it is we get more excitement of going to an old school place that makes a badass pork steak right now right. than going to a place that's got 18 oh. sides. The saddest thing in barbecue in the last 10 years, or the, like my like love to him, saddest thing, the loss of Prowsey Market in LaGrange. Yes, oh. agreed. That was just like the last of like the primordial barbecue restaurants where it was like 90% meat market. Uh, yeah, you walk in and you see them slicing up a four quarter. and yeah. yeah, and they're like bandsaw, sawdust on the floor. And it's all like siblings and cousins. That oh yeah, some 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 are, oh, some are better than others. Oh, we, we, we heard some so. stories in Prowsey. I mean, we had such a oh, great wow. every time we went yeah. to Prowsey. It was just there. It was just a great experience. Yeah. And that's the experience that's being lost right now. It's like yeah. gonna be you know sort of those, those the, signs on the wall that were like from the 1980s Texas oh, yeah. Meat Department or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, was, it was just like it was just a cool place to experience, and it yeah it was in a way it reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what Texas which has a like barbecue joint now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it does. you know, it's, and when they closed, and they were ready to be out of there for sure, yeah. and going in there, and it was it was just a fun experience to go and like yeah, and they had really good bacon, and it was cheap. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But it, you know, they didn't have the best barbecue by any means of but we love, what, we like, love going. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the sort of current criteria is to have good barbecue. 
but it was like a very that was my go-to that's where i would go get barbecue you know drive to lagrange and get a prowsy and hang out in the square on like you know go to wednesday and it's just like maybe five people there and it was fun and you know you can't find that anywhere you can't buy that and and good sausage i mean they they always had good quality sausage and it was just it was it was one of those yeah and we we thought the same with taylor cafe it's one of those places once it closes there's not going to be anything like it yeah it's just like irreplaceable yeah you know all right, Tom. We, we've taken up enough of your time. You're about yeah, to celebrate ten years. Uh, it's it's. It, I can't believe it's been ten years. Um, you you probably feel every bit of that ten years with everything that's gone on. Let's talk about saddle up. Let's talk about what you built the last year. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll we'll let you get to business. Sure. Yeah. So uh, saddle up, which is where we're sitting right now, it was for people who've been here. There was a hair salon here for about. For six or seven years when we were open. I'm trying to remember what um, this was before. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even remember. It kind of it, it kind of changed hands no, a couple times before we took over the buildings. We always just leased, like, the back end of the lot here. And it was, I guess it kind of came about because of COVID. The hair salons closed. And, you know, we were looking at the building and thinking this would be great as a bar. And, like, did some work. And so we took it over, uh, I think, about two years ago. And, you know put it in the counters, built it out. And, and you guys are offering kind of, kolaches here? And yeah, we do uh, fresh baked goods. Uh, we have an off-site kitchen. We do our full baking program there. We just, all the bread for the barbecue trailer and everything. For is this where here. the Taco Bronco pop-ups are as well? Or yeah, that, yeah, we're going to do one tonight for uh, the anniversary. Uh, I was just, I don't know if you saw the blue trailer I was parking. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Um, so yeah, we do, you know, it's beer wine baked goods um we're about to expand our hours to do dinner time and i think we'll be open nice doing barbecue dinner and just kind of going for more of a beer garden vibe here very cool so this is saddle up it's in the same parking lot as mickleway um what are, what are the hours for the bar here uh right now it just mirrors the barbecue trailer so it's typically we open oh, we open at 10 every day here and then uh till five six at night and i think uh by the time this comes out in March, we should be doing night time, so we'll be up until 10 and keeping barbecue trailer up okay, until 8. A, is that Wednesday through Sunday? Is it? Or right now we're Thursday through Sunday. Thursday through Sunday. We're still okay. on, like, on our COVID hours. I'm like, <laughs> maybe it's time to, to go back a little bit, I guess, spoiled in a way by <laughs> yeah. only being up in four days. I, I'm sure it'll but, change south by southwest time, week two. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> once, once March rolls around and, you know, creatures are stirring again, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be up a little bit later and... But this, this is a hours. fantastic thing for people that yeah. haven't been back to Mickleway since this is opened. Um, saddle up. It's it's a full service bar. Um, you can get some of the some of the dishes, the bakery here, the kolaches yep. in the morning, coffee in the morning coffee, as well. Yeah. Yep. Great great idea, along with Mickleway itself, and then catch the Taco Bronco pop-ups yeah so yeah we're, we're excited to to eat some more we're excited to get moon pie sorry if you're listening to this it's way after they they serve the moon pies for the 10 we years. might still have some in our freezer there might there might still be some in the freezer by the time that happens but but yes the legendary mickleway mood pies are back for one day only more than likely they might be back on the regular we'll see, we'll, we'll we'll see. all right stay back. tuned stay we'll tuned. just have to buy them all yeah. all right all right thanks th- again tom yeah, always thanks, great guys. talking to you appreciate yeah, it absolutely. um can't wait to talk to you again for maybe year 15 but hopefully we'll get out here and talk to you before then <laughs> cool you know? god we're still be doing this show five years from now no shit all right, <laughs> we <cool>. won't <laughs> we'll talk with you next time